Hearing such an incredible story from St. Mark's Gospel today, we might be tempted to think, you know, what must it have been like to be healed by Jesus? What must it have been like to be this leper, this man whose life was defined by his disease and the consequences of that illness? What must it have been like for him to have all of that shame wiped away in an instant? We know that this man was greatly overjoyed because after the miracle he couldn't keep the good news to himself. But internally, what must he have felt knowing that he could now be a member of the community of Israel again? And I think we can at times envy the people who lived when Jesus walked this earth. You know, we could have asked Jesus a question and he could have literally answered us. That certainly can seem much more direct than our prayers sometimes. And it would have been great to be able to interact with Jesus and to see some of these miracles ourselves. But truth be told, brothers and sisters, we don't have to look far to answer that question of how that man felt in the gospel today. Because, brothers and sisters, this leper in the gospel is really representative of the entire human family. This entire human family, of course, inflicted with original sin. The sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, that cut us off from communion, full communion, with God. And so we need the power and the strength of Christ in order to be made clean again, just like this leper, to be made whole again. His person and his condition are emblematic of our state between original sin and our own personal sins that you and I commit. And so because of this, this leper, as the story commences, he kneels before Jesus. And he does this for a couple of reasons. First, he kneels because he he recognizes who Jesus is in reverence for his person. He's kneeling before the God of the universe. He also kneels because he knows that Jesus has the power to heal him like no one else does. But he is also kneeling, brothers and sisters, out of shame. You can think of him maybe having his head down, not wanting to show his face to Jesus. As if he's almost telling him, Jesus, you shouldn't have to see me like this. You shouldn't have to see me like this. You can think of the rejection and the ostracization that this man had experienced all throughout his life. And he almost can't bear to go through any more of it. He's going to Jesus almost like as a last resort. Again, this man that he recognizes to be the Son of God, he's kneeling in it with a little bit of shame as if to say, Jesus, you shouldn't have to see me like this. Again, out of shame over his condition. And so he tells Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. He acknowledges, again, that Jesus is the one who can heal him and to move him to wholeness and back to community. And so Jesus, in his mercy and his goodness, touches him and tells him, I do will it. Be made clean. Simply, Jesus simply touching this man would have also, at least according to Mosaic law, made Jesus unclean himself. Again, Jesus is God, so we know that he doesn't actually become unclean in this moment. But it's a very important gesture. That Jesus does in this situation. He touches this man. This man who had never experienced human contact for many, many years. 
he touches him. He embraces this man in the very place and in the very manner by which he became unclean in the first place. He reaches out and touches the very part of him that he is most ashamed of. The part of him that brings him the most scorn. This shows us, brothers and sisters, that Christ wants to reach out and touch our sinfulness. It's the parts of our lives that we are most ashamed of. The parts of our lives that we don't want him to see because we're scared of what he'll think or think that or believe that he doesn't love us because of it. That is how Jesus heals us. Again, it's the parts of our lives where we tell Jesus, Jesus, you shouldn't have to see me like this. And Jesus says, no, I want to heal you there. That is precisely the part of your life where I need to be the most. It's the parts where we most often recoil away. But it's the part that Jesus wants to reach out and touch. And brothers and sisters, Christ's mission of healing wasn't just confined to a certain period of time, thankfully. Because he gave that same power to heal souls and forgive sins to Holy Mother Church today. After all, Christ told his disciples, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, and whose sins you retain are retained. And the primary way that this happens for us, obviously, brothers and sisters, is in the sacrament of reconciliation. It's the means by which you and I can experience the same healing as the leper received in the gospel. We don't have to imagine it, we can experience it ourselves. And as we know, sin makes us unclean, again, not unlike the leper in the gospel. And so it's important in that sacrament that we have that same approach as the leper did, to bow or kneel before Jesus or his representative, the priest here on earth, knowing that Christ has the power to heal us of our infirmities, just like that leper in the gospel. In the sacrament of reconciliation, we also kind of rip the band-aid off a little bit. It can be hard sometimes and difficult to get the words out of what we've done. Again, it's the parts of our lives where we're, where we're most ashamed for God to see. Again, you, you shouldn't have to see me like this, Jesus, is what we might think sometimes. We bow low in humility because of our sins and tell that priest, that representative of Christ, if you wish, you can make me clean. And the priest, speaking for the church, speaking for Christ, says, of course I will it. Be made clean. That mercy can be given to us, brothers and sisters, but also that same joy that the leper experienced at the end of this gospel. Because having been cured, again, he went out and publicized the entire matter. How often do we share the good news that we have been encountered by Christ, that he has been working in our lives? Maybe not saying the exact details, but how often do we tell someone that we had a good experience in the sacrament of reconciliation? You don't have to go through the entire details of, our, of what you confessed. How often do we tell someone, I had a really great experience in confession. You should go too. That's something that we should, should do more often, I think, brothers and sisters. We've been healed by that contact with Jesus, and we should want others to have that same experience too. Again, it's, been, it's sad, though, at times that many people haven't had good experiences in confession. I'd say that's more on the priest than it would be on you, if that's the case. The sacrament of reconciliation is the sacrament of mercy. And, it's a, and it gives us healing in the areas of our lives where we need it the most. This is the mission of the entire sacramental life of the church. To bring healing, wholeness, and life to us when we are most in need of it. 
So I especially urge you, brothers and sisters, as the season of Lent commences this coming week, to go to confession, especially if you haven't been in a while. Experience the joy that comes from being healed of our spiritual infirmities. To experience the delight of God working in our souls. And let Jesus make you whole again. Because truth be told, brothers and sisters, confession and mercy is some of the greatest work that God does in our lives. But it only happens if we let him. So let us bow humbly before God. Ask for his healing love from the God who wills that we be made clean.